America spends five to ten times more on health care than any other country in the world. Then why does America rank number 43 worldwide for longevity? Third world countries such as Cuba and Costa Rica rank higher than the U.S. So what's wrong with health care in America? This is what's wrong. Our $3 trillion healthcare industry is focused on disease management, while 70% of our planet relies on traditional indigenous medicine that is focused on health optimization. Learn how. Join Dr. Dan Royal on the show, The Royal Treatment, bringing you the latest information on the best of medicine, biotechnology, and pharmacology, as well as secrets from the past. These secrets have withstood the test of time and are being rediscovered today. In fact, indigenous healthcare practitioners are using them for the benefit of their patients who seek optimal health and wellness. Now, here is Dr. Dan Royal. Greetings, listeners. I am Dr. Dan Royal, R-O-Y-A-L. Just like it sounds, Royal Blue. And I am here each week with the Royal Treatment to answer your health questions. If you have any, you can email those questions to me at D Royal at Royal Medical Clinic.com. It's D as in Daniel Royal, R O Y A L at Royal Medical Clinic, all one word, dot com. Easy. You can also call us here at the Turtle Healing Bend Clinic, THBC Clinic here in Las Vegas, where I practice. Number here is 702 562 1454. 702 562 1454. And we will answer your questions. If not on the air, we will answer them off the air. Either way, your questions will get answered. In the meantime, we have much to talk about each and every week because we do some things that nobody else does. We look at obituaries, people who are dying too young from diseases that they shouldn't have had. As you may know by now, the United States has set a new record for declining health. In terms of our average life expectancy, it has now declined for four years in a row, which has never happened in the history of our country. Current life expectancy for a woman is about 81 years of age, for a man about 76, for an age of about seven, eight and a half years of age. But keep in mind, it's been declining, slowly going down each and every year for the past four years. The last time it declined was in 1990. The last time it declined for three years in a row was 1916, 17, and 18. So here we are, about to embark on a new year. Hopefully, there are good things in store for us in the future. First, we would like to thank our sponsors before we get any farther into our show. Turtle Healing Band Clinic, I already mentioned one, is here in Las Vegas. That's where I practice. But the Turtle Healing Band Clinic and the First Nation Medical Board, which licenses practitioners such as myself all across the world, because... If they're not licensed, they are at risk of being prosecuted for perhaps practicing medicine without a license or losing their license if you're a medical doctor and you're not dual licensed for the practice of medical alternatives. This license, the First Nation Medical Board, is under the jurisdiction of the Crow Nation of Indians. The federal government gave them the right in its federal code to exercise jurisdiction over the practice of traditional medicine. That's what they call it. But traditional medicine includes all things indigenous, which includes alternative medicine, holistic medicine, complementary, and so forth. There's only one state in the country where you can be dual licensed as a medical doctor, such as an MD or a DO, and that's Arizona. Arizona's Homeopathic Medical Board, however, has some limitations. One of the advantages of working with the Crow Nation is it also has an institutional review board, IRB. That means that physicians, such as myself, can conduct clinical studies and do that under the jurisdiction of the Indian Nation and not the FDA because these are what we call non-interventional studies. We're simply looking to see what is happening with the products, the protocols that we are using in our practice for the benefit of our patients and sharing that information with the Crow tribe of Indians. Now, if you have an interventional clinical study, that means a placebo is being used or there's a random control group that has to be under FDA jurisdiction. Those are typically conducted through hospitals. 
medical schools, universities, and so forth, and they have zero interest whatsoever in conducting any kind of a study that has to do with, you got it, traditional medicine. So the First Nation Medical Board provides that opportunity for physicians such as myself across the country. Now, the homeopathic medical board in the state of Arizona comes up for sunset review in 2020. It will be interesting to see if they survive because the last time they came up for sunset review, they almost did not survive. So we will keep our eyes and ears open regarding that issue because what happened this last year in 2019, the state of Nevada homeopathic board was sunsetted, so to speak. That means, although it had been in existence since 1983, it no longer exists. And there are some reasons for that, which we're not going to go into in this program. But the reality is we're down now to only one state in the entire country where a physician can be dual licensed. Therefore, we have an urgent need for the First Nation Medical Board if alternative medicine is going to be protected, preserved, and promoted going forward in the future in the United States. Well, Let's get started. Let's look at some of the people who died this last week locally and internationally. Too young from diseases they shouldn't have had. First here, we're going to look at people in Las Vegas and Reno in Nevada. That's my local area, our two largest cities. I live in Las Vegas, of course. We have a 44-year-old man, an accountant who passed away suddenly. That means sudden death, obviously. Sudden death most likely from heart attack. 57-year-old man who had a passion for cooking passed away. 60-year-old woman who worked for Clark County School District passed away in her home. No cause of death given. A 61-year-old woman passed away peacefully. Also no cause of death given. But remember, they're all too young. The average life expectancy for these women is 81 years of age. And for the men, 76. And finally, we have a 76-year-old man who passed away after a hard-fought battle with pancreatic cancer. Almost no one survives pancreatic cancer or melanoma for that matter. You can do all the chemotherapy you want. The only chance you have is if you take matters into your own hands and pursue an alternative course, which we talk about on our show from time to time, because there's only a couple of ways I know how to treat cancer, and you have to put it in reverse. Anyway, I am Dr. Dan Royal. You're listening to The Royal Treatment. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion on the obituaries, international celebrities who died just this last week too young from disease they shouldn't have had. Stay with us. Can your own stem cells heal you? The miracle of life begins when an egg and a sperm unite. They form a single stem cell. Stem cells will keep dividing until directed by the body to become something else. Natural occurring stem cells can be found in all tissues of your body. Can your own stem cells help your body heal and repair itself? Find out more by calling Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454. Dr. Royal has developed the unique patent-pending process for obtaining stem cells from your own blood. Stem cells can be concentrated, prepared, and delivered to areas where you You need them most to repair old, damaged, and dying cells. Can your own stem cells help your body heal and repair itself? Are you a cancer patient in remission who needs rejuvenation for optimal health and wellness? Find out more by calling Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454. Don't wait. Call today. That number again is 702-562-1454. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. As an 18-year-old, I let my mistakes kind of take over my life. I was 0.5 credits away from completing high school, and I didn't do it. Ten years later, at age 28, Jackie finished her high school diploma. 
When I found out that I was pregnant, I know that I had to do something for myself if I wanted to make her a better person and provide a better life for her. My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing. The educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter has just been more than the support that I could ask for. I've been given an opportunity, and I'm just thankful for it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ. A Lotus Broadcast Station. The power of radio since 1967. Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775-237-2266. Now back to the show. We are back to the show and thank you for sticking with us. Remember, my friends, our goal is for you to learn one new thing. That's really all I would expect if you read a new book, that you learn one new thing. So if you can learn one new thing from our program today, then God bless you. Your time with us has been well spent. Now, before the break, I mentioned that there are two ways in which cancer can be treated that I know of, at least successfully, putting it to remission naturally. One is through pleomorphism. Pleomorphism. That was discovered by Dr. Inline back in the 1930s. There's only one company in the world that makes his products, and that's Sanum in Germany. You have to know how to use the dark field microscope and to stage where your cancer is in the pleomorphic life cycle. That's a little labor intensive, but what it means is that cancer has to go back into reverse from being pathogenic to symbiotic. Now, that's one means of doing it with biological homeopathic preparations. They were in this country until the FDA ran them out of the country. Uh, I guess homeopathics are too dangerous. They're not the only country company homeopathic to be run out of the country. Dolisos, a French homeopathic company, which was here in Las Vegas at one time, they're gone. Heal. They were also in this country. I believe they were in New Mexico. They're also gone. Perfectly safe homeopathic remedies. The second means is by using light, sound, and frequency. We do a combination of that here in our clinic. I'll be reporting on that at the American Osteopathic Rheumatologic Society in the end of February of this next year. I'll be talking about how we have used that to lower cancer antibodies in each and every one of the cancer patients that we have treated. Now, the reason I like that approach is because we're simply increasing the millivolt concentration of the patient cells. And by doing so, we're helping to put cancer in reverse because cancer has a very low millivolt concentration, whereas in reality, your healthy cells should have a very high millivolt concentration. And we can do this by using a photon sound beam where photons and ozone are put into the system through the skin in combination with the radio frequency and a pulsing electromagnetic field. But as I said, the reason I like this is because not only is it non-invasive and completely safe, in fact, it's so relaxing, patients often fall asleep during their treatment here in the office, it can be used at home. In fact, I received an email today from a patient with bladder cancer who is considering coming here as opposed to undergoing a second surgery, which has a 50-50 chance of cancer coming back for the third time. And I've mentioned to him the options that are available to him through our facility. Well, before the break, we were also talking about obituaries, so we need to finish that discussion. After obituaries, we'll be talking about some current events that have happened during the last week or so, studies and findings that have been published you need to know about. We're gonna talk about a recent publication regarding the FDA's admission about vaccines having cancer-causing agents. We're going to talk about the importance of weight loss and exercise for reducing your cancer risk. We'll talk a little bit about how processed foods are connected to diabetes, and hopefully we'll get to a discussion on 5G cell phone systems and how they're affecting your health. It's very important since that's being installed all around the world knowingly that it causes 
health problems. Well, we're looking at international celebrity notables who passed away this last week too soon from diseases they shouldn't have had. First, we have Romelia, American professional video game player, dead at 24 years of age from mental health struggles. Probably means that she, this was a woman, was taking antidepressants, which have a side effect, actually a very common side effect, known as suicide. Edward Ashoff, American sports reporter for ESPN, died at 34 years of age from pneumonia. would always like to get more information about these kinds of things because he may or may not have died from pneumonia. Many people have pneumonia, and they recover with antibiotics over-the-counter. They may even have walking pneumonia and not know it, but depending on how he was treated, could make all the difference in the world. Rad Hakrishnan Dahanyaran, Indian soccer player, died at 39 years of age from a heart attack. I always find these interesting because this person was a professional athlete. Sebastian Ferret, Mexican actor, died at 41 years of age from complications due to food poisoning. He ate some pork that was not properly cooked. Pork can still kill, apparently. Mirko Kripaldi, Italian racing cyclist. Here we have another professional athlete that at 47 years of age from a heart attack. Arlindo Jr., Brazilian musician that at 51 years of age from cancer. Remember, cancer has now become the number one cause of death in the world. Heart disease, which used to be number one, is becoming number two. Number three, depending on who you talk to, COPD or doctor and hospital mistakes, including drug side effects. Beatriz Nogay, Spanish chess player and referee, died at 51 years of age. 51, no cause of death given. Badet Buji, Indian politician, died at 55 years of age from a heart attack. Ethela Chuprik, Ukrainian pianist, died at 55 years of age. We have Lucas Rive, Dutch chef, died at 57 years of age after a short illness. Whether they say short or long, they usually mean cancer. I don't know why they just can't come right out and say it. Rusty Hilger, American NFL football player, died at 57 years of age after having battled cancer for several years. I believe he was a quarterback. Dave Riley, American bassist, died at 59 years of age from throat cancer. Hans-Jörg Kreens, German soccer player, died at 59 years of age from a heart attack. That's the third professional athlete this last week that died from a heart attack. Piara Singh Bahandra, Indian Dalit religious leader, died at 61 years of age after complaining of chest pains. And, of course, he died from cardiac arrest or the treatment of it. Shisharam Singh, Indian politician, died at 62 years of age after being unwell for some time. Don't know what that means. Vaughn Oliver, British graphic designer, died peacefully at 62 years of age, although too young to die. Jan Fetter, a German actor, died at 64 years of age from oral cancer. Yunus Sarkar, Bangladeshi politician, died at 66 years of age from lung cancer. Now, remember, you can get lung cancer from smoking, of course, but you can also get it from what other radioactive element exposure? If you said radon, you're correct. You could also say uranium, but uranium breaks down to radion, that's the byproduct of it, and is often found in certain endemic areas, particularly the southwest, and you're most susceptible if you have a basement or cellar that is not ventilated. Nocia Friare, Brazilian academic and politician, that is 66 years of age from cancer. Fernando Monteiro, Brazilian politician, died at 68 years of age from liver failure. In fact, he had been waiting for a liver transplant. Art Sullivan, Belgian singer, died at 69 years of age from pancreatic cancer. Salahuddin Maui, Tunisian journalist and politician, Minister of Tourism, died at 69 years of age from a heart attack. Andrew Miller, British politician, died at 70 years of age after being seriously ill for some time. Seriously ill with cancer, most likely. 
Fred Mukisa, Ugandan educator and politician that is 70 years of age from cancer. Izzy Slapowitz, American professional wrestler, manager, commentator, died at 71 years of age from cardiac arrest that occurred during surgery, the number three cause of death in this country. Tana Fisherova, Czech actress, politician, and civic activist, died at 72 years of age after a long illness. Ali Willis, American Hall of Fame songwriter, died at 72 years of age from a cardiac arrest. Thanos Mikroxikos, Greek book composer and politician, died at 72 years of age from cardiopulmonary arrest while battling cancer. Antonio Guerrero, Spanish-born Brazilian photographer, died at 72 years of age from cancer. Sue Lyon, American actress, died at 73 years of age from declining health, whatever that means. Neil Inez, English comedian, musician, writer, died at 75 years of age unexpectedly. That's sudden death and heart attack. And finally, we have Syed Ali, Bangladeshi diplomat, died at 75 years of age from old age complications. Well, he almost made it. Average life expectancy, at least in this country, for him would have been 76. But what are old age complications? Is that a declining memory? Is that dementia? Is it Alzheimer's? Is it cardiac arrest? Who knows? The cause of death was not given. Well, my friends, we always have so much to talk about. And I'm going to discuss those recent publications and findings when we come back from the break. But first, I'd like to let you know there's a very simple treatment you can use for acute colds and flus. In fact, I had a patient who came in yesterday for it. It's called the isode injection. It's something I developed years ago. It's actually a homeopathic preparation whereby we inject something IV push, something very simple like B5, dilute hydrochloric acid, maybe homeopathic, into the patient. We may even put a homeopathic ampule in there, such as we did for our patient yesterday. Now, part of that injection, it's a two-part injection, is the IV push, but then the other part is IM or intramuscular. We mix a certain amount of that with his blood. We make a one to five dilution. We shake it putting kinetic energy into it, making it homeopathic and inject it into his contralateral buttocks. And within 24 to 36 hours, guess what? They're completely well. In fact, I did that for one of our employees and his wife, and he told me yesterday they made a remarkable recovery. It happens to everyone every time. Very simple, very safe, can be done anywhere in the world. I'm Dr. Dan Royer, listening to The Royal Treatment. We're going to come back from the break. Stay with us. Targeting cancer cells with DMSO reduces the need for full-dose chemotherapy by up to 90% because DMSO targets cancer cells, not healthy cells. Research demonstrates that DMSO, also known as dimethyl sulfoxide, has an affinity for cancer cells, which also allows DMSO to enter them even when DMSO is carrying chemo drugs. Could low-dose chemo with DMSO be the answer you've been searching for? Find out more by calling Dr. Dan Royal at 702 1454. When low-dose chemo is combined with DMSO or insulin, it's called potentiation therapy. This is because the cancer-killing power they create together is much greater than when they're administered separately. Are you a cancer patient who wants more than disease management? Could low-dose chemo help you achieve optimal health and wellness? Call Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454 to see if you qualify for low-dose chemo. That's 702-562-1454. Wynema Ranch Wild Horse Sanctuary, a preserve dedicated to keeping America's wild mustangs and burros running free. Wynema Ranch, 29 miles north of Reno near Hallelujah Junction. An amazing sight to visit. Over 130 of God's majestic animals at home on the range. Experience the beauty and wonder. Give at WynemaRanch.com. That's W-Y-N-E-M-A Ranch.com or call 775-384-4444. Wynema Ranch. As humans, we ask ourselves all kinds of questions. But what if we were forced to ask ourselves a question every day that affected the outcome of the most basic things, the most important things in our lives? The question is, what is your sexual orientation or gender identity? And the answer is the difference between keeping your job or getting fired. The answer is the difference between staying in your home or getting evicted. The answer is the difference between receiving medical treatment or not. 
because in 31 states, it's legal to discriminate against people based on their answer to this question. LGBT Americans have the right to say, I do, but they don't have the same basic rights as everyone else. Get the facts at beyondido.org. Brought to you by the Gill Foundation and the Ad Council. Opiates has taken everything and everyone I've ever loved away from me. Everything. I blew my ankle out and I got prescribed pain pills by my doctor. If making my detox public is going to help somebody, I'm all for it. I just wish I would have had a warning. Opioid dependence can happen after just five days. Know the truth. Spread the truth. A message from Truth, the Ad Council, and ONDCP. You're invited to join Business Connections with Anita every Wednesday from 10 to 11 a.m. here on 1180 a.m. KCKQ America Matters. Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775-827-8900, extension 2. Now back to the show. We are back to the show, my friends, and we are entering the third quarter of our show. You are listening to The Royal Treatment. We're here every week to answer your health questions. And, of course, if you have a question, you can always email me. That's the easiest way. Just send it to Royal at Royal Medical Clinic. It's an email I've been using for over 20 years, and I always get my mail. So email me if you have a question, and I will respond. If not on the air, I will respond off the air. That address again is D as in Daniel Royal, R-O-Y-A-L at royalmedicalclinic.com. You can also call us here at the Turtle Healing Band Clinic. Turtle Healing Band Clinic at 702-562-1454. And we'll answer your questions. Well, I need to share some information with you. There was a recent publication wherein an FDA researcher admitted that viral cells and vaccines may activate genes and spread more disease. This was an announcement made after finding hundreds of cancer genes in the MMR, measles, mumps, rubella vaccines. Let's take a look. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration has published the results of an eye-opening investigation which found that the cellular matter used in the manufacture of many childhood vaccines is often contaminated with serious disease-causing viruses. You may have heard about it. You may have suspected it. But now they're finally admitting it. The study looked at viral-based vaccines like seasonal flu shots that are made from living cells or replicable cell substrates. As it turns out, these continual growth cells are oftentimes contaminated with hidden viral fragments that are tumorigenic in nature, meaning that they have the potential to cause cancer. Remember, these vaccines will be given to your children. These viruses tend to be latent, which means that they live quietly inside cells before eventually making their presence known later on down the road in the form of chronic disease. By the way, the same thing happens with exposure to radiation. Unless it's an extremely high dose, At ground zero, exposure to radiation will cause cancer eventually, but it may take 30 or more years. In this case, a person injected with a vaccine containing these cancer-causing viruses may not suffer the health consequences until long after he or she was jabbed. We're talking many, many years, as I just mentioned. In some cases, the cell lines that it used might be tumorigenic. That means that they form tumors when injected into rodents, and this was admitted in an FDA paper. Some of these tumor-forming cell lines may contain cancer-causing viruses that are not actively reproducing. Such viruses are hard to detect using standard methods. These latent or quiet viruses pose a potential threat since they might become active under vaccine manufacturing conditions. Even as the medical establishment continues to insist that all vaccines are safe and effective, I don't know who says this. We certainly don't. These findings reiterate the fact that vaccinology, at least as we currently know it, is a total hoax. There isn't a single jab out there that has been properly, safely tested against a true inert placebo that modern medicine is so proud of. Now we know that many of them are also contaminated with disease-causing viruses, as admitted by the FDA themselves. Looks like the FDA is trying to play a little bit of cleanup as it does bear the responsibility for approving all these deadly vaccines in the first place. And now it's pretending as though it cares about vaccine study by conducting reactionary science 
as opposed to the preliminary science it should have conducted long ago and that we all knew about. The agency is also likely to look like it's doing something in response to the recent discovery of some 560, you heard it, 560 cancer genes in the human gene sequencing for GlaxoSmithKline's pharmaceutical company combination vaccine for MMR, measles, mumps, rubella, and varicella, which is the chickenpox. At this time, the vaccines containing cancer-causing viruses have continued to be injected into tiny children's bodies for their safety, based on science that didn't actually exist because the FDA never bothered to conduct it or demand that it be conducted. And now, guess what? Cancer rates are skyrocketing. And you may be able to partially blame the FDA. Remember, I said earlier that cancer has now become the number one cause of disease not just in the U.S., but around the world in at least 16 out of 19 industrialized countries. The FDA is now admitting that early vaccines like those for polio and smallpox were also contaminated with cancer-causing viruses. Of course, we knew this back in 1959 when a researcher blew the whistle. And yet, everyone still marched to the beat of the drummer and got their vaccines contaminated with cancer-causing viruses. As it turns out, some of the earliest vaccines, including the polio and smallpox vaccines, contained monkey, kidney, pig, and other foreign cells that we now know are contaminated with various cancer-causing viruses that should have been identified long before any of these vaccines were ever approved for commercial use. Now you know the whole story. That was a publication that was released just this last month. Well, let's take a look at something else you might find of interest that also has to do with cancer. Not surprisingly, studies have shown that exercise cuts your cancer risk. The recommended amount of leisure time physical activity was tied to a reduced risk of seven cancers, with the dose response risk reduction at higher levels for several cancer types, according to pooled data from nine prospective studies involving more than 750,000 adults. Engagement in what they call seven and a half to 15 metabolic equivalent task hours per week correlate with lower susceptibility to liver, colon, breast, endometrial, and kidney cancer, as well as myeloma, which is a cancer of the bone, and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Analyzing the impact of, well, weekly hours of brisk walking, on 15 cancers overall, the analysis found the following reductions in cancer rates. Colon cancer in men reduced by 18%, I'm sorry, 8%. Female breast cancer up to 10%. Endometrial cancer up to 18%. Kidney cancer up to 17%. Myeloma up to 19%. Liver cancer up to 27%. And non-Hodgkin's lymphoma up to 18%. Well, that's pretty much close to a 20% reduction in most of these cancers. I should say 10 to 20% across the board. Now, the 2018 U.S. Physical Activities Guidelines for Americans recommended that adults engage in 2.5 to 5 hours per week of moderate intensity activity. That doesn't sound like very much, does it? But sometimes we get very busy with our lives and these kinds of things get neglected. In its report, the Guidelines Advisory Committee found strong evidence of an association between physical activity and a lower risk of cancer sites, including endometrial, bladder, esophageal, kidney, and gastric. The current study was undertaken to determine the actual dose response relationship between exercise and cancer. We know there's a relationship, but we just want to figure out how much exercise to get the maximum benefit. While the association between physical activity and reduced cancer risk is established for several cancers, it has been unclear whether currently recommended amounts of physical activity are associated with significantly lower cancer risk, said the researchers. The researchers followed seven 155,459 participants from nine U.S., European, and Australian cohorts with no previous cancer and a median age of 62 years of age for 10 years, during which time there were 50,620 incident cancers. That's a prospective study, meaning that they were following these people going forward in time, and that's how they came up with this information. Something else that was very interesting in relation to cancer had to do with weight loss and breast cancer. Let's take a look at that. 
women age 50 or older who were able to lose weight and keep it off for over a 10-year period had a lower risk of breast cancer than women who maintained a stable weight, a new study showed. In fact, these women who were able to lose the greatest amount of weight were able to lower risk of breast cancer by as much as one-fourth, according to the researchers for the American Cancer Society. For the team's study online in the Journal of National Cancer Institute, weight change and breast cancer risk were assessed for 1,080 Let's see, 180,885 women, age 50 or older, in data taken from 10 cohorts in the pooling project of prospective studies of diet and cancer. Weight was determined at three time points. Baseline, approximately five years later, and then about four years after that. The results showed that the larger the amount of weight loss, the lower the risk of breast cancer. Probably because your fat is where carcinogens and toxins are stored. Compared with women in the study with stable weight, women who lost the following amounts of weight had lower risk of breast cancer. The, those who had lost anywhere from 5 to 10 pounds did the best, 10 to 20, second best, 20 or more, I, I should say. That's the reverse. 20 more pounds, the best, 10 to 20, second best, 5 to 10, third best. The message is particularly important for the two-thirds of the U.S. population who are overweight or obese. Can you believe that? Over two-thirds of the U.S. population are overweight or obese and therefore at high risk for breast cancer. Women who were able to lose in this study more than 20 pounds and gain some, but not all of the weight back, were still at lower risk of breast cancer. Additionally, among women who gained up to almost 30 pounds during the first study interval but subsequently lost all of the gain weight, Results suggested a slightly lower risk of breast cancer also. This finding in particular suggested it is not too late to lower your risk of breast cancer if you have gained weight after the age of 50. Well, losing weight is problematic. There are many ways to do it. And you have to find a way to do it that's compatible with your lifestyle. One of the ways which I like is controlled fasting. You can do intermittent fasting, but the reason I like it is because when you're in a fasting state, your body is burning fat. You are ketogenic. You can do this over a prolonged period of time or intermittently. It works not only in laboratory rats, but it works in humans as well. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You're listening to The Royal Treatment, and we're going to continue our discussion when we come back from the break and talk about 5G. Stay with us. After forming all the organs and body components necessary for human life, stem cells disappear, right? No! Stem cells are present in all of us just waiting for an opportunity to regenerate organs, joints, ligaments, muscles, and other body tissues they originally formed. Dr. Dan Royal has developed a unique patent-pending process for obtaining stem cells from your own blood. Stem cells can be concentrated, prepared, and delivered to areas where you need them most to repair old, damaged, and dying cells. Can your own stem cells help rejuvenate your body? To find out, call Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454. Your own naturally occurring stem cells are the ultimate anti-aging treatment. They can be used to improve facial appearance and hair growth, as well as for aches, pains, and other conditions. Could your own stem cells help you achieve optimal health and wellness? Find out by calling Dr. Royal at 702-562-1454. Don't wait. Call today. That number again is 702-562-1454. At a proper fit footwear in the Reno Town Mall, we've been accomplishing happy feet for over 30 years. We offer a various range of shoe styles and sizes for both men and women. From all-season shoes and orthotics to work boots and safety shoes, our professional and reliable staff possesses the knowledge to help you find the proper shoes to fit your needs. Hard to fit? Hard to find? A proper fit footwear is here to give our customers happy feet. We make people aware of potential foot problems as we're sizing their feet, suggesting the right arch support and guiding them to the proper shoes for their needs. Stop by a proper fit footwear at 4001 South Virginia Street in the Reno Town Mall today and allow the owner Mike Jones and our fabulous staff to find the perfect pair of shoes tailored to your specific needs. A proper fit footwear in the Reno Town Mall, the home of happy feet where comfort and your feet meet. 
Hey, Dr. Phil here. I help people solve difficult and trying personal problems every day on my TV show, but there's one problem that's just got me stumped, childhood hunger. Nearly 16 million children in America struggle with it. That's one in five kids who may not know where their next meal is coming from, despite the fact that there's more than enough healthy, nutritious food out there to feed them all. Now, I don't know about you, but that is unacceptable to me. Luckily, the Feeding America network of good people is out there collecting surplus food and giving hope to hungry children and their families at local food banks all across the country. But let's face it, they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ. A Lotus Broadcast Station. The power of radio since 1967. Unable to listen to the whole show? A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now back to the show. We are back to the show, my friend. Thank you for sticking with us. We're now in the fourth quarter of our show. Did I say that right? Fourth quarter. Final segment. And before we talk about 5G, because you need to know about it, we're all going to be exposed to it and already are being exposed to it. I want to talk about another study that came out regarding ultra-processed foods leading to a higher risk of diabetes. Of course, nobody wants diabetes. You really don't. That means that you have to be aware of your blood sugar constantly, what you're taking into your body and how to control that blood sugar because when it gets uh, too high, well, there are problems that are associated with diabetes such as decreased circulation and increased risk of certain types of diseases such as death from heart attack. A higher proportion of ultra-processed food in a diet was linked with the higher risk of type 2 diabetes, the researchers recently reported. In an analysis of daily nutritional data of French adults consuming more ultra-processed foods, now we're talking about foods with additives that undergo several physical or chemical processing, increased the risk of new-onset diabetes. This was something that was published in JAMA Internal Medicine. This increased risk remained elevated even after adjustment for other metabolic comorbidities, including dyslipidemia and hyperdemia. We're talking about elevated blood fats, as well as other various markers representing the nutritional quality of one's diet measured by Food Standard Agency Nutrient Profiling System Dietary Index. For example, Lower quality diets were marked by higher sodium, sugar, and red meat intake, with lower intake of fiber, whole grains, and vegetables. Fairly simple and straightforward, right? For every 10% more ultra-processed foods that made up a person's diet, there was a 15% increased risk of developing diabetes. On the other hand, a diet comprised of more unprocessed or minimally processed foods was tied to a small but significantly lower risk for diabetes. Now, that could be taking in more raw vegetables or eating some complex carbohydrates, real foods, after adjusting for unprocessed or minimally processed food intake, every additional 100 grams, and I know you're not measuring your food, but every additional 100 grams of ultra-processed food intake was associated with a 5% bump in the risk of diabetes. There may be several explanations for this association. For example, Ultra-processed foods usually have a lower nutritional quality because they are on average richer in sodium, energy, fat, sugar, and poor in fiber and often exhibit a higher glycemic index. We've also reported on this show that processed foods have uh, little to none chromium, the mineral that is needed for, for regulating your insulin and blood sugar. Many food groups, mostly ultra-processed, we're talking about processed meat and sugary sweetened beverages, are recognized Type 2 diabetes risk factors. Their prospective cohort study included nutritional data on over 100,000 participants from the French Nutrinet Sante cohort, nearly 80% of whom were women, from 2009 to 2019, over 10-year period. Participants completed several questionnaires based on sociodemographics, lifestyle characteristics, physical activity, general health and nutrition. Dietary data was collected based on self-reported 24-hour dietary recall, with each participant completing a series of at least three non 
consecutive records. The dietary records inquired about intake of over 3,500 food items, which are subsequently broken down into one of four categories, unprocessed or minimally processed, culinary ingredients, processed foods, or ultra-processed foods. Ultra-processed foods were considered foods that underwent several rounds of processing and typically contained food additives such as refined sugars, hydrogenated oils, emulsifiers, thickening agents, and colorants. These were categorized according to their degree of processing by the Nova Classification System. During the median six-year follow-up period, there were 821 total incidents of diabetes cases noted. When identifying these foods, the researchers point out that the presence of additives are the cornerstone of an ultra-processed food. Check your labels. Most additives are likely to be neutral for long-term health, and some may even be beneficial. But recent concerns emerged mainly from the in vitro, in vivo methods for several compounds commonly used in thousands of foods. For instance... Kerogen, a thickening and stabilizing agent used in more than 5,500 products in France and pertaining to the top 20 used additives in France, might contribute to the development of diabetes by impairing glucose tolerance, increasing insulin resistance, and inhibiting insulin signaling in human hepatic cells. Well, that is another study that recently came out you need to know about. Now let's talk about 5G that we're all being exposed to. You might remember Robert Becker. He was an orthopedic physician. He was twice nominated for the Nobel Prize for his research on effects of electric and magnetic fields on the healing of fractures. At the end of the 20th century, he testified in a trial where the state of Wisconsin tried to ban the construction of an antenna for communication with military submarines on its territory. The antenna was supposed to use 90 hertz frequency, which is within the range of the functioning human nervous system. Robert Becker, or I should say Dr. Becker, testified that the transmission of the antenna could be harmful to people. When he lost his job, for his testimony, if you can believe that, he started writing books on the research of effects of electromagnetic radiation on the human organism. In his book entitled Body Electric, he wrote about the experiment by Alan Fry, Fry, I should say, pronounced F-R-E-Y, where he slowed down the heartbeat of frogs by electromagnetic energy with a density of 3 microwatts per square centimeter. Just to have a comparison, in the European Union, the limit for electromagnetic exposure is at the frequency of 900 megahertz, set to 450 microwatts per square centimeter, and at another microwave frequency used by cell phone systems, 1,800 megahertz to 900 microwatts per square centimeter. This means that it is permitted by the European Union to expose people to a density of electromagnetic energy 150 to 300 times higher than is necessary to slow down the heartbeat of a frog. With the fifth generation 5G of cell phone systems, this density will increase to at least tenfold. In 1975, Fry published an experiment where he injected a fluorescent dye into the circulatory system of white rats, then swept the microwave frequencies across the bodies, and the dye had leached into the confines of the rat brains. It proved that microwave frequencies can breach the barrier between the blood and brain, allowing toxins and viruses to enter the brain. Swedish scientist Leif Salford is engaged in similar experiments. He exposed three groups of rats to the power of density of 24 microwatts, 240 microwatts, and 2400 microwatts, and found out that due to penetration of toxins into the brains, a number of neurons in their brains were destructed. While in control group, which was not exposed to this radiation, it did not happen. Similar results were obtained by 13 scientific laboratories in six different countries. Indian scientists carried out an experiment where rats were exposed for 180 days for two hours a day to cell phone radiations in 900, 1800, and 2450 megahertz. Prior to the experiment, the rats were trained to move in a maze. After the exposure, the reactions of irradiated rats were slower than the reactions of rats that were not exposed to microwave radiation. Scientists drew the conclusion that the ability of exposed rats to learn and to remember was damaged. The DNA was also damaged. Alan Fry wrote in 2012, when he was already partially retired, that in the USA, the results of effects of microwave radiation on people were falsified during the Cold War years to assure people that the radiation from military radars could not harm them. Imagine that. Many of you may remember the film that our government produced showing children eating lunch on a picnic table as they're being sprayed by DDT from airplanes to let us all know that it was perfectly safe. We now know it's a cancer-causing agent that's banned in this country. 
So some of the things that have been associated with 5G are as follows. Cancer. For example, in the Czech Republic since 1985, when the use of microwaves started growing, GPS cell phone systems and Wi-Fi until 2016, the occurrence of cancer disease grew by 141%. Diabetes in the Czech Republic, where it registered 184,000 people with this disease in 2008 and in 2018, it was already 320,000. The number of ill people grew by almost 100% in 10 years. There are some 10 million inhabitants in the Czech Republic. Next, Parkinson's disease. 20,000 people are ill with the disease in the Czech Republic in this year. And in 2030, it is expected to increase by 50% to 30,000 people. Alzheimer's disease. At present time, there are 135,000 people ill with this disease in the Czech Republic. Many of you may remember from a previous program where the United Kingdom is reporting that dementia is the number one cause of disease and death there. In the Czech Republic, it is expected that there will be 225,000 cases of Alzheimer's disease in 2050. In the last five years, that number grew by 38%. And certainly the life expectancy in the Czech Republic has not grown by 38% in the last five years. As you know, life expectancy is decreasing in the United States, where we should be leading the world in this category. And finally, autism. In 1975, one out of 5,000 people suffered from this disease in the Czech Republic. In 1985, it was one out of 2,500 people. In 2007, it was one out of 150. And in 2015, it is one out of 86 children. That's an increase by 5,000% autism cases in 30 years. Well, we want to thank the Czech Republic for being a microcosm of what 5G can do to humans as it has been instituted there and is causing all kinds of problems. As we mentioned briefly, some of the ones that are known include cancer, diabetes, Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's, and autism. I'm Dr. Dan Roy. You've been listening to The Royal Treatment today, and thank you for being with us, and I hope, my friends, that you have learned one new thing. Remember, you can always contact me at droyal at royalmedicalclinic.com or call me Turtle Healing Bank Clinic at 702-562-1454 with any of your health-related questions, and we will answer them. If not on the air, then off the air. There's so much to learn, and we're learning every week, and that's why we're here to keep you updated, give you the best possible information you can use to make informed healthcare decisions, because we want you to have optimal health and wellness. Until next week, my friends, may you all be well.